All right, this is The Yay. I'm Reg Clay. And Norman G. This is The Yay, where we talk about life in the theater and the theater of life. Yay! <laughs> We've got a fantastic actor, Wiley Herman. What's going on, man? Hey, how are you, man? Doing great. Wiley Herman is an actor, um, both acting on stage and actually on film as well. His uh, latest thing, I think, it's called Bartlett. It's on Amazon Prime and Vimeo On Demand. Is that right? True, true, yeah. Cool. And that is just fantastic. And um, Norman, how's your week? Busy. <laughs> uh, Lucia Berlin, we're starting to crank up. We uh, we have our first sort of stumble through for designers tonight. Mm-hmm. So that's getting scary. Next weekend will be. So we got to talk. Oh, we did talk. Yeah. Figuring out when we'll do the next one because next weekend will be our yeah, uh, ten out yeah, of twelve. I, th- I think we'll be. Um, we may do one Thursday, yeah. but I'm out, I'm on the plane. I'll be actually heading to India. For the uh, the ninth until the sixteenth of February. That came up so quick. <laughs> I know, boom like a bullet. What are you doing in India? Well, there's a lady friend. Uh huh. So uh, you know, we'll uh, see how how that goes, and uh, so it'll be it'll be my second trip there. Nice. So that'll be cool. Do you travel internationally, Wiley? No, God, no. I have, I have two <laughs> well, kids. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The only international travel I've ever done was my, my honeymoon, which was London and Italy. Oh, and that's it was amazing. Awesome. But wow. that's probably going to be it for a while. Yeah. 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 No, no, that that's just fantastic. Uh-huh. So uh, your son, he, was 16th birthday, 17th? To, 16th tomorrow. Okay. Um, and it's so wild to watch a young person mm-hmm. going through that experience and then remembering for yourself what it was. Sure. And, you know, and it's so funny because you think, oh, you need to do this and you need to do that. He didn't want to have a party. Mm-hmm. He just, you know, keep it quiet. Yeah. So, so far, it's just been a little family and today he's hanging out with his girlfriend. So. Oh, right on. Yeah. I remember. Happy him. birthday, Dexter. <laughs> Happy birthday. Let's see, 17, I was 86. Oh, I remember the music. Yeah. I remember well, 16, 16. He's oh, turning 16. 16, yeah. Okay, so that would be 85 for me. Mm-hmm. But still, wonderful times. I'm sure you remember that, Wiley. Yeah, uh, <laughs> was it 90, 94 for me when I was, yeah. when I was 16. Yeah, mm-hmm. right Tucson, on. Tucson, Arizona. Is that right? Is yeah. that where you're from? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, we'll get an origin story. Sure, but, uh, for sure. That, that should be interesting. Yeah. So, um, current events, I don't have a lot, but... Um, you know, the flu epidemic is just hammering uh, the United States. Yeah. I hear all, every state in the United States, with the exception of Hawaii, has been hit with the flu, and 16 children have died already. Mm-hmm. So that's that. Also, uh, the FBI memo came out, Trump's little memo, disrespect the he did it again FBI. on Friday. I told you, he's a super troll, man. You know, He waits till that day, and then bam. Yeah. And it's weird. I love the um, – uh, there's a – oh, gosh, what's his name? Um, Corey – um, he's a local actor, um, was oh, part right. of the Traveling Jewish Theater. Okay. Um, is somebody who has been, you know, targeted by officials right? at certain, you know, hmm. back in the Red Scare and that oh, sort of oh, thing. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You know, the subversives of the 60s. And, yeah. you know, he's definitely been somebody. Who's, and he's like, this is so weird to find myself in a position where I'm rooting for the FBI. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, what has happened to our world? It is yeah. so, we are so in the uh, upside mm-hmm. down. <laughs> Well, it's it's it parallels so much um, Nixon and Watergate because mm-hmm. in, back in that time, um, Nixon needed the FBI to no he needed the CIA to sub, to uh, circumvent the FBI so they can stop their investigation of Watergate, and of course the same thing is happening now. He's trying to circumvent the FBI to stop the investigation of the, this Russian scandal thing. Somebody did a uh, <coughs> somebody posted the mm-hmm. thing of Nixon's State of the Union address. Yeah. In the same position, and he just said, I, I need to add a note in here that we 
We've got to. I support this investigation, and I hope that they will bring it to an mm. end soon. Mm, since yeah. clearly there's nothing wrong. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I I, I hate to quote a, a Fox uh, News correspondent, but Shepard Smith. He actually yeah. he summed it up nicely. He called it a, a weapon of mass distraction, which uh, which I love. Oh, it's like, yeah. Okay, so our president's about to be uh, interviewed for possible Russian collusion, and suddenly this this memo comes up, and it's right, an right. odd coincidence. And right. I love that you know there is at least one guy on Fox who's who's calling it like it is and saying this is this well. Is finally, yes. I mean, you know. Fox has to be dragged and screamed into reality sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I, I ask this every- president has done everyone. Yes. You know, everybody has found themselves, because this is a Republican administration with a Republican That's legislature. Right. That's right. Fighting, mm-hmm. internal fighting. Mm-hmm. It's just so bizarre. You're in power, and instead of actually getting something done, mm-hmm. you're fighting with each other. Yeah. It, I'm sure that when the Republicans, when Trump got elected, they were like, well, he's not really much into politics, so we can steer him. We mm-hmm. can control him. Mm-hmm. They're finding it's really, really hard. Right. Did it surprise you? I ask all of my guests, what do you think about just the whole – did it shock you when he got elected? I mean, how do, how do you feel about what's happening? Yeah, I mean, I think we're in a, a slow-motion uh, train wreck uh, that's playing out in real time. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I feel like I've, I've gotten to a point where – I feel like a, as artists, we can either you know be terrified, or we can just dig dig deeper into what we create and, mm-hmm. and try to comment on it. Right. And, and right. I don't I don't think it's so much about. I mean, I do believe art can change the world, but I think that's that's the, the big picture. And the small picture is how fully can we express ourselves mm-hmm. at, as artists in a subversive enough way to like really really address yeah. what we feel about what is going on. So for me, it's kind of uh, emboldened me as, as a writer yeah. and as a performer to try to like go deeper. Yeah. So if I can find a little silver lining in the in the chaos, it's it's that. And I think as a collective of, of artists, we can all kind mm-hmm. of dig deeper. And Scott Munson last week talked a little bit about that, like mm-hmm. what is the role of us as artists, mm-hmm. especially in this time. And, uh, I, I, you know, I think it is a call to action. I mean, mm-hmm. it reminds me a lot of when um, we uh, I was involved in uh, Mike Ward, who's passed away, did Summer Shorts Cross Wires, but that was in retaliation to the Bush administration, mm-hmm. which at the time we thought was the worst. Right. We can't yeah. get worse than George W. Bush, right? We did. Oh, well. <laughs> His numbers keep going up. Yeah. W's numbers keep – he's like, oh, gosh, remember the good old days? Yeah. yeah. But I think, I think numbers and statistics have, have taken on a whole new meaning. I mean, like, right. before, before the election, 95% chance that Hillary will win. And right. it's just like everyone's like kind of wiped their hands like, ah, this is over. Right. So this whole even concept of what statistics mean now is just sure. subverted and weird now. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have this whole epidemic of people lying to the mm-hmm. polls. Exactly. Right. It's, it's nuts. Well, not yeah. just that, but the way they polled didn't take into account all these other factors yeah. that in turn turned out to be significant. Exactly. Right. So what are we missing in these numbers? is the question now. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, and I'm sure the folks at 538.com and uh, other mm-hmm. folks are scratching their heads saying, you know, we can come up with these statistics and polls. And, of course, even, you know, there's some pollsters that are biased right. that mm-hmm. you can't trust. Right. So, um, you know, what what can you trust? Yeah. Across the spectrum, it's, it's mm-hmm. just horrible. I've gotten to the point where I've signed up for a bunch of different emails because I want to sort of know what's right. going on. But everything is a crisis. And, oh, by the way, if you could give us some money. And I'm like, you know what? Can you talk about a crisis without having your hand out? Could you right. do that? Right. Yeah. The one thing the one thing that hit the news, so the whole Stormy Daniels thing, I think it's, it's sort of old news now. But it was fascinating. She was on Jimmy Kimmel. Of course, she's the one who a while back porn said. Porn star. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's right. A mm-hmm. porn star who basically says, hey, I had sex with Donald Trump. But now she's on Jimmy Kimmel. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. We, we didn't. Well, actually, it was it was. I guess she had to sign a non-disclosure agreement right. that the White House is denying. It's like no, no, right. no, there was no non-disclosure agreement. She gets on Jimmy Kimmel, 
And she's and Jimmy Kimmel says, "Hey, did you sign a non-disclosure agreement?" It's like, "Well, I I don't know, did I?" You know, she's trying to play coy right. and all that sort of stuff. But there was a legal anal- analyst who analyzed it on Slate to basically say, "Well, she can't say that she signed a non-disclosure agreement because there's an acknowledgement right. that there is a non-disclosure right. agreement." <laughs> but the catch-22 is, if the White House tried to sue her. That would be an acknowledgement that there was a non-disclosure mm, agreement, right? Yeah. So <laughs> you have this. So uh, she's in a, and she's taking advantage of being in a wonderful exactly right. position where she can get some attention. Yep. Yeah. Did you yeah, guys see the? Uh, did you see the MAGA versus DACA thing on Jimmy Kimmel? Yeah. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Yes, I didn't so see sad. it. I just read an article about it. I didn't want to see it because it sounded horrible. It was horrible. Like it, so, they have this uh, Make America Great Again sure. family, uh, right. and then a, a DACA family. Yeah. And he put them in conversation, uh, hoping there could be some kind of uh, mutual acknowledgement. The real family. The real family. Real families, and it went bad. So first of all, the DACA family, like kind of point for point, said. You know this this girl who I, I don't remember how old she was, but she has social security. She pay, she pays taxes. Right. She doesn't have a country to really go home to. Yeah. But she was born here. Yeah. Right. So they basically laid out and and you know undercut all these these the, these um, attacks Talking about points. like the anti DACA yeah. points basically. And the family still dug even harder, wow. and they said, yeah. "No, you got to get out of here. You, wow. you know, we shouldn't have to pay for your parents' mistakes of mm. bringing out her husband out. Who's a vet? Yeah, wow. Yeah, and so this is going to mess up our family. And they're like, nope, don't care. Yep, get out of here. Here's our like, children who were yeah. born here, who are American citizens, and yeah. you want to kick her out? Yeah. yeah, and I don't know if I'm shocked or just sad or both, but it was not. It was not pretty. It was brilliant, Kimmel. TV because mm-hmm. if you needed to know who these people are and how strongly they feel this, here it was. This is in their face mm-hmm. and they can't see it. So that is not going to be the way. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the strategy for dealing with this. It's, it's amazing how people are so attached to the ideology. Mm-hmm. Some people believe in things and they don't even know why they believe it. It's like, well, well I believe it because my mm-hmm. daddy believed it and my mm-hmm. great granddaddy. Or because that's what I've been hearing and I sure. haven't been able to think through. Right. Yeah. I, I got dragged into somebody's Facebook fight. Um, about immigration, mm-hmm. and I just I noticed there was a comment saying I had to close somebody out of this discussion because he was just being insulting mm-hmm. and everything was mm-hmm. a deflection, mm-hmm. wasn't actually addressing any of the points and wasn't addressing the responses to any points that he brought up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I was like, oh, okay, what the heck is going on? So I jumped in, and it, which is weird. Most people, <laughs> I, I have a friend, Kelvin Hanyi, yeah, and we were doing a show once, San Francisco, and he was waiting on the bus. So, you know, you get there and you check in with everybody. How'd you do it? How'd you do it? Well, it was funny. I was waiting on the bus, and suddenly this crazy guy came up to the bus stop, and there were all these people waiting. It was mm-hmm. a busy bus line. Mm-hmm. And he's crazy, and he's spouting all this stuff, and all of a sudden, he pulls out a knife. So, of course I, Kelvin says. Now, I don't know how you'd finish that sentence, but I would not finish it with, so, of course, I pulled out my knife. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is what happened. Wow. Nice. Kelvin pulled out his knife. The guy saw Kelvin had a knife and kind of went, oh, <laughs> mm-hmm. and backed off and mm-hmm. sort of de-escalated and then left. Wow. But the rest of us, is, you know, as he yeah. finished the story, the director <laughs> had to say, show of hands, how many people would have finished that sentence the way Kelvin just did? So anyway, for my, yeah. I, I try to avoid these discussions and these debates, but I felt like, well, wait a minute, there's some basic things here, like they were throwing around the term illegal. So I'm like, can we unpack that term? Oh, that's what it was. I just asked the question because I started doing that. Just asking the question. Mm-hmm. When did it become illegal just to come to our country? To which they always respond, what are you talking about? Don't you know the laws? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, it's always been illegal. That's what mm-hmm. they say. And I'm like, 
Apparently you don't know the law because it hasn't always been illegal. And follow-up question, why did it become illegal? How did it become illegal? Mm-hmm. Um, because if you don't know the answer to those questions, we can't really have a discussion about this because you don't know what you're talking about. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and it didn't end the discussion at all. So they went to their other bugaboo, and I saw another one today where Obama – and in the same post, Obama, Hitler, and I'm like, whoa, yeah. Obama to Hitler. Yeah. But you know, Obama didn't. I was like, it's, it's so funny you bring that up. And I knew that there was a Key and Pill skit, beautiful skit, mm-hmm. um, where um, Obama meets the Republicans. So he meets with them, and he's like, well, so I, I, I'm, I just thought we should get together and see if there are some ways that we can either work together or, mm-hmm. you know, if you guys are just going to oppose me and everything. Mm-hmm. And one of them leans into another one and says, <laughs> We're going to oppose you and all of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, okay, well, let me, let me throw out some ideas and see what you think about this. I think our borders need to be secure and we need to cut down on immigration. <laughs> and what else is he? Oh, no. <laughs> Good. And he says, okay, you guys, t- t- tough bargain, immigration, open borders. <laughs> and he goes down the whole oh, list funny, and they funny, can't funny. help it. They are just reactively going, yeah. no, no, no. And I posted that and went, I feel like this is what this discussion is we're having. Mm, yeah. You are not really bringing up any points that I can't point to and mm-hmm. say, you're saying this, that means this, this is demonstra- demonstrably not true. Right. Um, and therefore, you know, you bring up Obama. I'm sorry, are you saying because it was a bad idea? Because Obama wanted what your guys want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's tricky. I mean, I, I can say, like, I, I do try to see the other side. I mean, I don't want to, we have our own biases, obviously, sure. our sure. own ingrained ideas of the way things are. And, like, there's one discussion that I had with with my neighbors that that are immigrants from Turkey, mm-hmm. and I don't know if they voted for Trump. I don't really want to know because we're on friendly terms. But they did they did state very clearly like how hard they had to work to get right. legal citizenship, mm-hmm. and and I really sensed for the first time like this this resentment towards people that that didn't go through what they went through. They get right. a free pass, right. and that was like really important to me. Sure. I still you know obviously right. have have major major issues with the way that that it's being discussed. Yeah, but it. It was a little bit of an enlightening experience to actually talk to somebody yeah. who'd been through the experience and mm-hmm. say, "Okay, you guys really work really, really hard." Yeah, I, my my former landlady was is Hungarian, mm-hmm. an older woman. She actually uh, she got here on a visa. She overstayed her visa, mm-hmm. but it was at a climate. I think it was during the late seventies, early eighties, where you didn't have this immigration. Oh my God, this is, we, there's an epidemic going on. Right. Which I think really only happened when. McCain ran against Obama and needed a hot issue, mm-hmm. and it just turned out that Arizona Jan Brewer was running right. for governor. She made it into a hot issue, and she and McCain was like, "Yeah, me too." Right. All of a sudden, McCain. I mean, no one gave a damn about <coughs> immigrants and you know right. and, and the border and the border and Mexican and Latinos committing horrible acts of atrocity. No one, no one talked that way right. prior to mm-hmm. 2008. Right. Yep. So in any case, so when I was talking to the woman, to the woman, this is while uh, the election, she was like, don't be surprised if Trump wins. Because just like what your neighbor was saying, mm-hmm. she worked very hard. She owned land and she lived, mm-hmm. well, was living in Fruitvale at the time. Not Fru- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, Fruitvale. Oh, yeah. And right. she uh, had some misgivings mm-hmm. about some of her neighbors yep. who didn't pick up the trash and didn't... Um, Played their music loud and all of that right, stuff. Right. So I understand. As far as I mean, I'm a lifelong Democrat. I've never voted Republican in my life. Mm-hmm. But I do understand. I was mentioning this on my other podcast, the Faith Podcast. There was a time where Republicans just cared about fiscal responsibility. Right. And they didn't care about. They didn't talk about God, gays, or guns, right. and, and mm-hmm. anti-abortion and all of that sort of stuff. Right. 
Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're at a stage now where it's really us versus them, and you can't even have a conversation. Well, uh, hopefully we can. Hopefully this mm-hmm. is opening the door up, and we can. But an immigration conversation has been something that the legislature has been avoiding for decades. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's finally time to really talk about it. Because those people who did work hard to get here, they shouldn't have had to work that hard. Let's be right. honest about that. Yeah. Yeah. So rather than keeping the bar so right. high, right. we need to think about readjusting it. And then I think we'll find that a lot of the policies that are in place currently – we will all agree on. Mm-hmm. You're letting a certain percentage of these countries in. You have a high bar against undesirables, and you define specifically what you yeah. mean by that. Yeah. You've got a record. You don't country. have a connection here. You don't have a job. To yeah. from. You're not running from some sort of persecution mm-hmm. or war. Mm-hmm. Um, but those people actually, no, we want to make some space for those people who are in need because that's yeah. who we are. That's who we want to be. And the so-called undesirables, I mean, people who have resentment for <clears throat> folks who are supposedly taking advantage of the American dream. A lot of these folks are working at Burger King. Mm-hmm. A lot of these folks are cleaning right. our houses and right. doing things that we don't want to do right. for less than minimum wage. Well, we're going to find that out now. This picking season that's coming up mm-hmm. is already being predicted to be horrible, that mm-hmm. crops are just going to rot in the field. Yeah, That's a good point. We'll, we will see. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. So how did you guys meet? You know, we were just talking about that. It's like, uh, I was like, wow, I know we met via EastEnders, but what? Oh, you're an EastEnders guy. Well, I was an EastEnders dabbler. Yeah, he was hired by EastEnders. He was one of the hired guns. A actors. mercenary. Okay. Yeah. A mercenary. But we pointed that out. 100 years of queer theater, right? 100 oh. years of queer theater, yeah. At, uh, theater Rhino. Yeah, right. I did a oh, nice. Joe Horton piece, uh, Ruffian on the Stair. Uh-huh. And I played a, re- a retired Irish boxer. <laughs> and it, I know the audience can't see me, but I'm a, I'm a tall, lanky, skinny dude uh, mm-hmm. who, you know, it was a great role, very challenging. But, like, I never saw myself as a retired Irish boxer. Right. But it was a really, really fun, really fun show. Yeah, and actually, it was, uh, the Wonder Years of Queer Theater were a bunch of one-acts. And uh, one of them was, um, I think we did at least four or five pieces. Yeah. Mine was The Dangerous Precaution. Mm-hmm. So, and it's ironic because, uh, you know, neither of us, I mean, you know. Uh, we, we had John Fisher on mm-hmm. for um, for the Yay, mm-hmm. and he is the the director of uh, Theater Rhino that mm-hmm. focuses on queer theater. Yeah. Um, you and I are not yeah. Uh, yeah. gay, but you know we we believe that um, that gays and lesbians have a right to yeah, absolutely. live the way they want to live and love the way yeah, they want to live. Yeah, actually, I did a really, really great show with John and Theodore Rhino called um, 100 Saints You Should Know. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's about a, a priest who was you know, kicked out for they found some provocative male imagery, mm. uh, and he gets kicked out of the priesthood. And it's, it's really powerful because uh, it really talks about you know, repression and expression and, sure. and what happens when you're finally able to express who you are without judgment. And right. it, was really, it was really, really powerful piece. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. So give us an origin story. How did you, uh, how did the theater bug bite you? Oh man. So, uh, I mentioned Tucson, Arizona, uh, fourth That's grade, from. Yeah, yeah. Fourth fourth grade, grade. Uh, Mr. Frank's, uh, most kick-ass teacher ever. So, um, he was an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a really, really cool uh, mm-hmm. theater company in Tucson in the 80s called Saloc. It was Southern Arizona Light Opera Company. Mm. And they were amazing. My very first show, I always go back and forth if it was Annie or Peter Pan. I want to mm-hmm. say Peter Pan. Mm. But it was just full-blown, fully produced, amazing uh-huh. effects, amazing acting, huge theater. So that that's the bug that bit me. But Mr. Mm-hmm. Franks was in a production of uh, My Fair Lady. Mm. And he took his fourth grade class to see it. 
So oh. to like see this teacher who was already awesome, like he was like a butler, like a little nothing role, yeah, but yeah. it was just amazing. And and I think he he saw something in me. I was a class clown, mm-hmm. like super distracting, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but so like I think yeah. he was a kindred spirit. Like I wasn't a great student, but he he saw the spark. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the, the, my favorite story about this guy is like he, if if I was ever too distracting, he would literally lift me up and drop me out the window into the courtyard <laughs> and for, it sounds like abusive but it was funny and it got a laugh because uh-huh. it's like all right we got to pop wiley out the window again uh-huh. into the courtyard and and for some reason that just like is the definitive uh-huh. you know class clown moment for me but this guy was great he was doing well he wasn't in it but they were doing a production of oliver yeah at Saloc, mm-hmm. and a couple of actors came to perform for the the entire school mm-hmm. and mr franks actually kept these two actors afterwards to to see me mm-hmm. to encourage me to audition wow and like that's everything. That was everything for me. So right. yeah. um, I ended up auditioning. Um, I got a role as one of the orphans in Oliver, mm-hmm. but um, I come from a divorced home, and my my dad's mm-hmm. side of the family was moving to another house that was about 45 minutes outside of Tucson. Ooh. So rehearsals would have been right. a complete disaster. Mm-hmm. But I, I got the role, you know? Yeah. And I was incredibly resentful that I couldn't yeah, do it. Of course. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's where it all started. It was, it was definitively fourth grade, Mr. Franks. So thank you, Mr. Franks, if you're listening. <laughs> what about high school? Did you uh, act there? Yeah, yeah. Tons of high school productions. Um, I was always like the, the mascot because um, – I was the freshman and like all the acting, you know, royalty or whatever of my high school were like juniors and seniors. Mm-hmm. So I was always like the kid. Um, and we did Grease. Mm-hmm. I was duty, like the youngest oh, nice. yeah. So again, I felt like the mascot. Uh, the ironic thing is that my... What is it? Those magic changes. Those you know, magic changes. C-A-F-G. Those are still the only four chords yeah. that I know. Yeah. I, I played the role once, and I learned those chords, yeah. but I still was so bad on the guitar. They're like, mm-hmm. okay, so just hold the guitar and pretend. No, those that's magic changes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the end. That's the end. So, yeah, I just remember my sophomore year, Ironically, they, they canceled the drama department to mm. build a new theater. Right. Mm. So basically, I was like this theater orphan. All my friends had graduated. Mm. So I was this like orphan theater kid. And mm. I ended up, you know, getting involved in sports, you know, volleyball, swim team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to create like a whole different social life to make up for my, my theater life. Right. Yeah. Which kind of became this, this split. Right. Yeah. Which I've kind of always been navigating ever since. Mm-hmm. Like these different, you know, I dabble in different kinds of theater and improv. And I did mm-hmm. stand up for a while. So I feel like kind of like a like a creative mutt mm-hmm. uh, that's still kind of finding my way through. Yeah. But mm-hmm. yeah. How was stand-up? Um, stand-up, I mean, when stand-up is great, I it's... it's really difficult. It, it, it is. I mean, I was just an MC. I was like, you know, 21. Okay. Um, I think I was 20 when I did my first open mic, but I did it for about three years. Mm-hmm. And it actually brought me to, L- to L.A. in wow. my early 20s. So I was doing uh, stand-up in L.A., as an opener, yeah, and then I was training at the Groundlings um, in LA as well for mm-hmm. improv. So mm-hmm. again, I, I veer between like theater and stand up yeah. and improv. Yeah, um, but yeah, it was it was it was uh, a real test of, of who you are because you know when you're doing stand up when when you're alone and it's working it's fantastic, but yeah. when you're bombing it's you're completely alone. Sure. Mm-hmm. Whereas improv, you know. You still get that fantastic feeling if it's working, but right. if you're bombing, at least you have a family on stage to bomb with you. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. uh, that was another definitive thing after doing it stand-up for a couple of years. Like, I need a family. I need, yeah. I need someone to be on stage with me yeah. when it's not going well mm-hmm. to support yeah. me and I can support them. Norman, have, what did your um, – I, I don't know if you ever did stand-up or whatever, but what is your thing with I've comedy? I've never done stand-up. Yeah. Um, I've done a lot of comedy. I, I went through the BATS, Bay Area Theater Sports. Sports yeah. mm-hmm. and, um, and it taught me a lot, and it taught me a lot about acting. 
And when I started to get more roles acting, that mm. kind of cut into because one of their requirements was that you needed, in order to be part of the performing cadre, you needed to be taking some of the classes just mm. to keep your chops up. And I just couldn't. And it was weird. For a period, they were inviting me to be in the shows mm -hmm. and sort of quietly waiving the requirement. Mm. I, I wasn't making my monthly requirement. Mm. But they liked you. But they liked me, and mm. I was having a lot of fun. I, I really enjoy it. Um, I just don't see – I'm not one of those actors. Like, my wife is a musician. She doesn't understand that when you talk about – like, I have an audition coming up next week, and they say, if you sing, just do a song a cappella. So she started clowning different songs that I might do. And mm -hmm. I said, well, you have to understand that especially somebody who identifies as a classical actor mm -hmm. is very likely not to identify as a singer. Mm. Most of them don't. So when you say that, you've just terrified them. And in the same way improv works that way, actors who feel totally confident with the most complicated script, right, when right. you say, well, we're just going to make it up, <coughs> oh, I, I, I don't know how to do that. And yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's To exactly me, it's right. all a spectrum. It's mm -hmm. all a spectrum of skills. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I would love to get back into an improv scene because I, mm -hmm. it's so fun. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. But it also keeps teaching you right. to, like you said, when you're bombing, if you stay in the moment and you stay present, there's a good chance one of your scene partners yep. is going to turn it around a lifeline or take it over and take it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And afterwards, people are coming up. I'd say it was so great. You were you're just thinking, <laughs> you know, I was standing there dying on stage, and yeah, yep. you I think that's the best yeah. moment all night. Yep. yep. Okay. Yep. I, I love studying improv, especially when I was in school, um, uh, especially junior, uh, high school. Because it teaches you about being flexible enough and being present. Mm -hmm. you, you have to be very, very present mm -hmm. and engaged to sort of jump in and realize what's going on. I, I don't know if improvisation is the same as comedy, but mm -hmm. there are a lot of elements that are the same. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, yeah. I teach I teach at a, a really amazing group called Leela Improv, um, L-E-E-L-A. I've been with them oh, since cool. like 2006, mm -hmm. off and on, but I'm in Israel. Oh, in the Bay Area? Yeah, it's in San Francisco. Oh, um, great. Yeah, so Where? it's uh, we work out of the Chronicle building. Um, okay. Yeah, down on Mission. Yeah, interesting. That's yeah. what they're doing with the Chronicle. I've been yeah. I've seen Yahoo's there. Yeah, 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 there's all kinds of art collectives yeah. there that, you know, succeed or fail. But, uh, right. So yeah, we teach you know classes there a couple times a week. There's drop-in classes, but um, they're more uh, they're not comedy based. They're we're just theater based, truth based. Right. It's all about the motto is truthful artistic play. So mm -hmm. as a performer with them and as a teacher, I, tr I try to really ground my students in the, the reality of the moment and assume that or hope that the laughs will come from a genuine right. mm -hmm. uh, conversation between two people who are genuinely connected on an emotional level, as opposed mm -hmm. to like reaching for that but um right, 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 right. Uh, so yeah it's long form long form improv more oh story nice. based um, but yeah it's 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 really it's really interesting and it's fun yeah we'll yeah. add a link to it if anyone wants to be for a sure, student yeah for sure yeah yeah that sounds Please fantastic do. thank you what about college? Uh, did you have any formal studying? No, no. I mean, I, I did uh, community college theater for a little bit in mm -hmm. uh, in Tucson, but at the same time, I was I was doing stand up and I was working at um, a musical melodrama theater called the Gaslight Theater. Oh, which was, which we've what, heard about Gaslight. Right? Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. it's like this Tucson institution, and they just do these really uproarious, really fun, really mm -hmm. well produced. Yeah. Uh, just musical comedy spoofs, uh -huh. and I was working there as a, as a tech, mm -hmm. and I was also doing community theater. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing community theater. I'm getting paid to do tech. I'm doing stand up, and these theater classes at the community college were were okay, but like all the all the uh, general education stuff, you know, just kind of went by the wayside. I'm like, I'm really? doing what I'm gonna do. Right. I know I'm gonna do this. Right. I'm getting paid. That's right. I'm learning so much more on stage That's than I know exactly I'm ever right. gonna learn in these classes. Yeah. 
So I just, yeah, yeah, I mean, I basically split and did my own thing. And and my mom, you know, God bless her, said, you know, if you want to continue your education, I'll I'll help pay for it. But if you want to go on your own, you're you're on your own. And she's like, I believe in you, I love you, but you're on your own. And I said, Sure. That's fantastic, uh, getting yeah. support from uh, your mom. Yeah. How about your dad? How well, hang that carrot. Yeah. 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 How'd your dad feel about it? I don't know. I, he's always been super supportive. Cool. I mean, I think he was more genuinely terrified of, of my, my <laughs> life choice, but at the same time, super, super supportive. Awesome. Never, never a mm-hmm. sense of like, no, don't do this. But I think he was just more pragmatic yeah. about the, the mm-hmm. realism of it. Yeah. What brought you to the Bay? Um, so after my, my year in L.A., um, my my tentative goal was to do a year in LA and then a year in New York and mm-hmm. then figure out which one was going to be my home. Right. So after my year in LA, um, I came back to Tucson for mm-hmm. a little while. And then my brother, my older brother, Sean, uh, he was house sitting in Menlo Park for a summer mm-hmm. uh, with his girlfriend. And he said, you know, hey, come come visit for a couple of days, a couple of weeks. And right. I just, I never left. Wow. And I just loved it. Yeah. 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 For sure. Awesome. Amazing and, and you discovered, I mean, what, what was the first uh, theater company here in, um, in the Bay Area, did you work with? That's a good question. It's I, th- I remember I did improv first. Um, oh, yeah, uh, there's a group called Drunken Monkey that I got heavily involved oh, with. Uh-huh. But um, I worked a lot with a company called No Nude Men, uh, EastEnders. It's course, kind of piecemeal. Yeah. There was uh, a lot of right. you know a lot yeah. of jumping between theater companies. Yeah, um, EastEnders, like I said, I uh, did some shows with Asian American Theater Company. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, so yeah, it was kind of mm-hmm. just like popping in and out of all these companies yeah. almost right away. I'm curious now. What did you do with Asian American Theater Company? We did a show called uh, Cowboy vs. Samurai. Yes! It was so much fun. It was like a modern retelling of Cyrano. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, with a, with a, I think it was, oh God, I'm going to, it was a Korean school teacher, and I was this oh. like kind of country bumpkin mm-hmm. uh, PE teacher, and it was mm-hmm. the same kind of love story, and really, really interesting. Huh. Um, I probably oh. messed up saying Korean. It was Vietnamese Korean. Oh, God, I sound so racist right so somebody, you know, tweet me and, and correct me. And, uh, uh, yeah. It was a great show. It was a great show. You know, thinking back around that time, because uh, I sort of began, you mentioned 2003. That was the first year that I worked with EastEnders mm-hmm. doing Wonder of the World and Sick and uh, getting involved in the repertory thing. But just connecting, I mean, now, if, if there's a, um, let's say if there's an opening, like I, I, last week I did a, um, I did a, um, uh, an audition and I got an email <clears throat> from someone or I got, you know, it was a Facebook post or whatever. But in uh, 2003, that was sort of the, the beginning. Mm-hmm. How did you find out about, you know, what was open or, or, or what have you? Uh, Craigslist, man. Craigslist. I remember a lot of, a lot of oh. like, grasping through, through Craigslist to yeah. find connections. I think that's how I found my, uh, my improv group that kind yeah. of branched out to other things. And, um, yeah, I had some, some Tucson expats, too, that were up here that could help me oh, cool. kind of navigate the scene. Yeah. So it was, it was really not too much of a transition yeah. to, to find work. You must have seen now, n- now we can get into, uh, so I know that you're, I guess you're still doing theater now. Mm-hmm. And we'll also talk about you balancing parenthood mm-hmm. and also the theater. I'm, I'm sort of interested in the state of the theater when you first got here to mm. the state of theater now. Have you seen a lot of changes? You know, it's it's interesting. I'm I'm kind of a ghost at this point to the theater scene because sure. um, since the birth of my second daughter, Zeppi, mm-hmm. who's, who's three now, I've been like really, really laser focused on being a, a parent. So mm-hmm. yeah. I've kind of, again, dipped in and out of the theater scene. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, from from what I've noticed, um, there's, there's a really good sense of community in certain pockets of, of people doing shows that bring in a lot of a lot of um, audiences, but then sometimes with these festival kind of shows, you look around and it's like it's a full house and it's a great crowd. But then you look around and you're like, okay, half the people here, more than half the people are either actors or writers or directors right. from the other pieces in the festival. Right. right. Yeah. So it's one thing to have a great full house with great energy, but then if it's all for us, by us, then it's like, mm, are we 
or a boy that's only consuming our own tail. Yeah. So, so for me, it's like I, I want to know how we reach the new audience, like, and what is the new audience? And and I think I have kind of a read on it because doing my improv classes, mm-hmm. we get a lot of tech people, man, a right. lot of new new tech mm-hmm. that are coming to the Bay Area, and they have zero experience with theater. Mm-hmm. Right. And and it's a different kind of mindset. I mean, a lot of these people are, are very technically minded. They're very much in their heads. A lot mm-hmm. of them are, are very spectrum yeah. and, and I can say with authority. And when you say um, tech, you don't mean theater tech. You're talking about tech as far as, like, computer tech. Computer, and all yeah. computer yeah. tech. And, yeah. and when I say uh, spectrum um I, I teach uh, children with autism. I teach a theater class and oh, social awesome. and social lessons um, yeah. on mm-hmm. Saturdays, and I see so many similar kind of mindsets. And they're all amazing kids, and, and my students are amazing people. Sure, but s- some of them yeah. um, have a very specific uh, mindset that needs to be opened up to uh, emotional uh, yeah. experiences as far as theater. Right. So we have like this, and they're all loving, wonderful, warm, compassionate people, but they don't know what theater is. Right. Yeah. And most of my students, they're not there to become performers. Right. They're, a lot of them are there to, to learn to socialize and to mm-hmm. become more uh, confident speakers. Yeah. And so I really want to figure out how we reach them. Mm-hmm. Because they're there, they're yeah. they're excited, they're right. loving, they're yeah. they the have expendable income, right. but they're not coming to our theater. Yeah, it's interesting that they actually go to a class. I mean, you would think that someone mm-hmm. who's in the tech industry would be like, "Yeah, why am I wasting my time?" You know, doing theater, but. Mm-hmm. There is a the sense of community, yeah, and it sounds like they connect to that, and so they want to be closer to that. And also, using theater to help individuals, let's say with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of friends. I think you and I, we both. Do you know Carolyn Doyle? Yeah, yeah, Carolyn Doyle. I think we're going to try to get her on. on oh, definitely Thursday another parent. But she's a parent, and I believe her son mm-hmm. has autism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, she did a one yeah. a one woman show um, right. dealing with parenthood and dealing mm-hmm. with that, and it's a wonderful thing. How I know for me when I was y- young, breaking me out of whatever I was in, just mm-hmm. dealing with you know what was happening in my life. Theater was a wonderful outlet, mm-hmm. and I think that's a wonderful outlet for for anyone. I totally I'm agree. Hoping yeah. We can create bridges. You you point to a, a really, <clears throat> you know, this is something that producers should be listening to and thinking mm-hmm. about because. They're they're always they're too many. The more successful theater companies around here have a bunch of gray hairs. Mm-hmm. That's the That's bulk the of their audience, yeah. Yeah. and and theater professionals. Mm-hmm. And how do they get that new audience? Well, you're saying yeah. here is a community that is ready. They're hungry. They are and, so hungry for connection. You know, and we, so yeah, yeah. I, I think it'd be nice if I were a producer. I would come to you and say, hey. Tell you what, tell your students they're going to get a discount. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. and we'll and we'll hook you up just to yeah. Because it also makes you seem more, you know, um, credible mm-hmm. as a, as a member of the theater community that you've got these connections. But folks should be reaching out to you. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's also content. Like, what what kind of content are yeah. they going to connect with? It's not mm-hmm. going to be Shakespeare. I yeah. mean, it's just not. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because I think that not only do you have, I mean, new, you know, we're seeing a lot of new works mm-hmm. uh, coming out, and I think that a lot of these festivals are about for, uh, to sponsor and help mm-hmm. out new writers. Mm-hmm. And you're a writer as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to see, I mean, you know, one piece that I've been, I had worked on, you know, in the past with the, uh, with the play cafe and musical cafe was a musical about what's happening in real life. Mm-hmm. And I think that should, when you talk about content, people want to see how does this connect with my real life? Yeah. It's wonderful to see, I don't know, sense and sensibilities and, uh, some of the classics, mm-hmm. but people want to know, Hey, 
can I see myself yeah. on stage? Yeah, can we do Tinder the musical? I don't know. Like, what would be relevant today? What type of writing do you do? I do, I do um, mostly comedy, but I've been dabbling a lot in science fiction. Uh, yeah. We were mentioning a, a short film that I just uh, finally f- completed after almost three years of post-production called The Tolls. Yeah, The Tolls. Yeah, we just premiered it at the, uh, the Groundman's Chinese yeah. Theater in Hollywood. Yeah, I'll read this. A, uh, well, a grieving us, U.S. Yeah, Army Corporal. Okay, wait, he's going to read it. 1945, a grieving U.S. Army Corporal is transported to an alternative Nazi-occupied San Francisco. Here, he will put the lives of millions at risk in order to reunite with his lost love. Nice love line, buddy. Thank you. <laughs> of you and this beautiful actress. Uh, Kelly Shane. She's the lead in our, in our little film. Rock on. Uh, but yeah, it was, it was an epic, epic undertaking. <laughs> Three years for a 20-minute film. Yeah. But um, it's, it's definitely paid off, and it's, it's playing in festivals around the world right now. It's oh, in London, New York, Florida, Washington. Yeah. It's going to be in San Jose later this year, so maybe you guys yeah. can make it. Uh, yeah. But it's, it's been a real, real cool experience. How do you make those connections? Because there are a lot of actors here in the Bay Area who are like, wow, I want to do what he's doing. Mm-hmm. Maybe not even writing, but let's say getting involved in a short film. Like you have another short, you have another film, Bartlett, which is on Amazon Prime and Vimeo On Demand. Yeah, it's, it's actually a web series that was created by my good friend um, Anthony Venenciali, who's another improv guy from the mm-hmm. Bay Area, and Chrissy Mazeo, a local actress, and they're both incredible. Mm-hmm. And they put together this, this six, seven-part uh, web series, and it's, it co-stars Lin-Manuel Miranda. You might have awesome. heard of him, some wow. guy who did a musical Hamilton dude. about yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So him and uh, Lin-Manuel and Anthony were in a, uh, or they are in an improv group called Freestyle Love Supreme in New York, so wow. they have a really good connection. Wow. Um, but yeah, it's, it's about... Uh, Bay Area advertising um, execs kind of at war with each other, uh-huh. and it's really fun, and it's very cleverly structured with different time jumps, and I just have like a little little tiny cameo, but yeah. it was really, I got a couple couple good laughs in my little cameo, yeah. so well, I mean, I'm proud you, of it. you've got your foot in the door, yeah. and I'm sure there'll be other big things that, that are going on. We'll um, see, we'll see. But uh, just making, I guess, you know, just interacting, connecting, I guess Lin-Manuel Miranda mm-hmm. sort of helped. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's some good press right there, man. That mm-hmm. one tweet from him, which he right. did the other day, goes out to like a million people. So, yeah. Right. Thanks, yeah. Lynn. <laughs> yeah. And he's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. He's great. It's yeah. awesome to see the mixing of, you know, traditional theater with the um, new connections, like, yeah. you know, like uh, Twitter and Facebook using mm-hmm. the social media that we have right now. You have now. to. You have to nowadays, yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, for marketing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. yeah. So, is this a local phenomenon? Is this something you think that is happening? Is it, it one, is it happening here, this um, mm-hmm. connection to film and working on that? I, think, I mean, I've always, I've always thought, you know, I've, I've been in the Bay Area for, you know, 13-something years, 14, 15, 15 years. Um, I always think to, to really thrive in the Bay, you, you have to do more than one thing. Right. I mean, that's my experience. Yeah. Not you, is it like you, the grand you, but right. me personally, yeah. and with a lot of others. Well, I mean, that's why we're doing the podcast. Exactly, right. exactly. We're it's like to, you, you, know. you to to thrive in the Bay. It's like you have to wear many hats, and I think it's just kind of a natural evolution for people to start. Especially now, you know, film equipment is so accessible and so mm-hmm. affordable. Editing and sound, it's like, I mean, it's still still a pain in the butt, sure. but it's mm-hmm. so much more accessible. Yeah. Um, but th- then, of course, it all floats up because now you have every festival submission, every single rejection that we've had for this film that I've done says, we've gotten 20,000 films this year. We're used to getting 700. And right. it's just kind of like you see that the easier sure. access sure. doesn't necessarily mean that, right. you know, you're going to get more play. Right. But it does show that the quality does shine through. When you do get selected, it feels even better. Right. But the more people that have access to the to the machinery, mm-hmm. the more films there's going to be. And you just have right. more to sort yeah. through. But 
it's makes, all good. It makes me think of the music industry. There was a time where the only time that you can get into the music industry is to connect with a, a, a recording company because right. you needed to get into the music studio right. because it was way too expensive. And then all of a sudden, computers came up, and then you have these DAWs, digital audio workstations, like, um, um, what is it, Pro Tools mm-hmm. and Cubase. And all of a sudden, now you have these garage or, you know, bedroom right. recording studios, mm-hmm. and guys are just pumping stuff yep. out. Yep. And I'm seeing the same thing happening here in theater where, mm-hmm. wow, we have a ca- access to a camera. We have access to, um, what is it, um, the, the editing yeah. software. Yeah. Pro tools, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, iMovie or, you know, or, or something like that. So, yeah, I can definitely see that being in the new uh, evolution, even if you just have an iPhone, mm-hmm. you know, capturing something. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. But, again, it's like you you still have to have quality for it to get mm-hmm. seen and for right. people to care about it, you know. Yeah. So quality still shines through. And the ultimately. quality of the writing. Yeah, of exactly, exactly. And the acting. Yeah, for, yeah. Sure. for sure. So talk to us about balancing acting and parenting. So you're a mm-hmm. father of two. Yeah, um, Sky and, and Zephy. They're, uh, Zephy's three. Sky mm-hmm. just turned seven. Awesome. So it's it's all, it's all a game this of compromise, like man. What's that? They're so sweet. Yeah. Oh, I love well, them. Well, seven it's on the age why? Like, is he asking you why? Oh, especially why, three. Why? Yeah, yeah. My, my little one, Zephy, she, she sees how it riles me up when she keeps going, why? So she'll dig even more. <laughs> why? Why? And then eventually I'll throw it back on her. Now you tell me why. And then it just... It, it's hilarious. Yeah. It's adorable. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's all about compromise. I mean... Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, going into film was actually a really, really nice compromise because, you know, you go for one day for right. a cameo and then you just <laughs> shoot for one day and you're done. And right. you get to reap the benefits of seeing it produced if it's mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as opposed to theater, obviously, you're gone for months of rehearsals and right. weeks and weeks of, of sure. uh, shows. So I do find that um, as they're getting older, um, I am able to dip back into theater. We did the, the uh, Fisher King project mm-hmm. a couple months ago. Oh, oh awesome. right. Uh, which was we, awesome. we talked about that. Oh, yeah, with Jennifer um, Dillon. Yeah. 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 So, um, and, and, yeah, he tried to get me in. And oh, man. Suddenly awesome. I saw it blowing up, and I was like, oh, damn. And I was busy. There was no way I could have done it. But I was yeah. just like, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we pumped that. We pumped that on the A. So. Thank you, guys. Yeah. yeah. So that was a really, really cool experience. I mean, one of my favorite Terry Gilliam movies, one of my favorite Robin Williams movies. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I got to play the Jeff. to Robin Williams. Exactly. All the, yeah. uh, all the proceeds went to different uh, charities yeah. um, in his name, which was right. really, really cool. So, right. yeah, I got to play the Jeff Bridges role in that um, with Jeffrey Wiseman, who's mm-hmm. a local oh. brilliant comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I am – Getting slowly and surely back into theater. Sure, sure. But uh, it's been mostly film for the last three three years or so. Now, is your wife also involved in – is she an actress? She, she is an actress, but she's she's a full-time college professor at okay. uh, Foothill College okay. um, in oh, Los Altos Hills. Uh, my wife, Allison, uh, oh, Los oh. Altos Hills Foothill College. I know uh, Foothill College. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, she she's the, the the main the main breadwinner in our family. So, okay. but she did she did act. Uh, we did a couple of shows together before we got married, which yeah. was really fun. Uh-huh. So yeah, we did Midsummer Night Dream. Awesome. Um, yeah, it's always it was wonderful. We should have like a Yay podcast special where we bring in people who are brought in by theater mm-hmm. and see the love stories and whatever because you know they've been a couple. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I proposed to her. Uh, in her full fairy costume in the woods of, of oh. uh, Woodside where we performed the play. Oh, that's oh, So that's I was in my, uh, I don't remember if it was Lysander or Demetrius, but I had my full costume on. She had her full fairy costume on, and uh-huh. I proposed to her in the woods wow. uh, where we performed, and it was really, really cool. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. Classic theater <laughs> cheese ball. <laughs> Ten years later, we're, we're still married. Cool. Yeah, yeah no, cool. it's funny because my wife is not a theater person. Yeah? Musician, and she actually gets shy about that kind of thing. Oh, really? Yeah. But I still managed to pull some in. And we yeah. got a nice little video. I have a friend who was sick as a dog, could not come to my wedding. Her husband came, and he sat there with his phone and 
streamed to her. Live streamed it. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Live streamed the proposal? Yeah. No, not oh. the proposal. The, uh, the, the wedding. wedding. Oh, the, the wedding. <laughs> yeah. and, and so there's a wonderful uh, clip of... I wanted to do a reading. In fact, it was one of the things, as I was <coughs> wooing her, I read uh, this Neil Gaiman short story. Mm-hmm. And so we read that together mm-hmm. at the wedding. Mm-hmm. And so there's Beautiful. a nice clip of it. And I was like, oh. That's great. Technology. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had Cecilia Palmtag on uh, the A, and she talked about motherhood. And she's a single mother. And she talked about how she sort of needs theater to sort of balance herself. Mm-hmm. Along with, you know, motherhood and, and other things. Mm-hmm. Do you feel the same way? Oh, God, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, I've, I've been doing this for 20 years now. And, and every time I've said, you know, I'm going to step away for a minute, within, like, weeks, I'm back to either writing a <laughs> script or writing no, <laughs> something. And right. You, you just can't. If it's in your DNA, it, it is. It's there. Right. And awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. I got it from my, my grandpa was the only other actor on both sides of my right? family. And he oh, acted after right. his 90s in Hawaii. And it was – Wow. So he was, like, a real, real character. Mm-hmm. Uh, Did, yeah. Is there any film or is any – do you have any, like, archival footage of him? Or of him? Like that? I, I, the only one that I remember – do you guys remember the Milagro Beanfield War? Yeah. It opens with this kind of magical character dancing in a Redford or I think it was. I think it was. But his his kind of claim to fame was, you know, he was this mystical character dancing in a field Mm -hmm. uh, just in silhouette. Wow. Yeah, that's the iconic image. Yeah, it's very iconic. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But um, he he was always popping up in these westerns. Like uh, he was in like Wyatt Earp. Um, nice. And uh, but he never he never saw himself. He'd always say, you know, I didn't make it into the cut of this film. And then I go and watch. I'm like, Grandpa, you're like on screen for like in a oh, close man. up for like 15 seconds. That is fantastic. So, but he was he was a real character. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Well, we yeah. see where you get it from. <laughs> I hope so, man. Yeah, it's somewhere in the genes. Yeah. yeah. When you were saying that your dad supported you, mm-hmm. um, I never felt like I. I never felt supported coming through because it was mm-hmm. definitely that you got to do something real. Yeah. I got that message real clear. Yeah. But this is, geez, more than a decade ago now. We were talking one day, and I alluded to that sense of not feeling like they supported it. Mm-hmm. And my stepfather said, well, we always supported you. And I said, mm, mm-hmm. no. <laughs> and my mom was sitting in the front seat. I was in the back seat, and she just quietly said – because I said something – and she basically affirmed my, yeah, no, that, that was not what happened. Yeah. But afterwards, I found myself thinking about it and realized he went to all my shows, all my shows when I was in high school. Mm-hmm. He felt connected to it, and mm-hmm. he enjoyed watching me take my journey. Yeah. Of course, every time it became a moment of advice, it was, what about something real? Yeah, take a short break, turn from where you're going, please. But, you know, after yeah. 20 years of uh-huh. it, it's like, oh, my gosh, no, we've always been so proud yeah. of you. And I'm like, well, really? I'm glad to hear about that secret pride you Yeah, have yeah. But, I mean, the, pres- the presence is important. The fact that he showed <coughs> up and he was there is yeah, really huge. important. Yeah, Yeah. yeah. Cool. And, of course, parents may not understand. Like, my folks really didn't. I mean, my, my dad really wanted me to get involved in music. Uh, like, oh, oh, right. You, you write music. You write music. So get involved. And I was like, well, I like theater. So mm-hmm. they didn't quite understand. And But until mm-hmm. I remember uh, working by Studs Terkel and I, uh, you know, he saw me do a performance and I actually had a role that I really didn't like at all. And I was a <laughs> migrant worker. But he was just so transfixed. He was like, wow, that was just fantastic. I was like, wow, you really liked it. So right. sometimes you have to see, mm-hmm. you know, what's what's happening because, mm-hmm. you know, theater is such a um, it's an abstract People can't yeah. quite understand. It's like, mm-hmm. are you making money? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, my dad. I think my dad flew out to see the production of Private Lives at the DMT that Susan yeah. Evans oh, directed. Awesome. And I was like, that was awesome. huge for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> Good on you, Dad. Yeah. <laughs> see, there's another connection. Susan Evans and the Douglas Morrison theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Very cool. So what do you see in the future for you? I mean, oh, you know, I we didn't even talk about um, hmm. equity. Or not oh, equity. yeah, equity. I had a very brief uh, dabbling in equity. Um, I, I decided uh, that I was going to try it, you mm-hmm. know, just to see what happened. This is when I just had the one kid. And I did, I think, two shows under Equity, uh, John Fisher's uh, Hundred Saints You Should Know. Mm-hmm. And then I did, like, a Killing My Lobster sketch comedy show. Mm-hmm. And and it paid off my dues, so mm-hmm. I feel like I broke even. And right. then I realized that there's not much else out there for me. Not because it's not there, but because I had to get back to parenting in my life. And sure, it was just like, sure. okay, that's kind of when my official uh, theater hiatus started about yeah. three years ago. Um, but you so gave it a shot. I did give it a shot. It was it was good. But I just I didn't get a sense that there was enough work to yeah. be sustainable, even if I had gone yeah. deeper you know yeah. mm-hmm. i'm sure if you were in la or new york yeah the the pool would be a little yeah different. so i kind of yeah. again another another act of dabbling on my part is like dipping my toes in equity sure. and it worked but yeah. you mm-hmm. know it didn't what, thrive what do you see in the future do you want to do more film do you want to write more or? i i kind of see i kind of see myself gearing more towards film mm-hmm. um i actually have a, a feature that i uh, co-wrote and produced with my friend spencer mccall mm-hmm. um that's it's in the can it's it's ready for release awesome. and nice. for years on it so it's hopefully october um mm-hmm. we're gonna try to release it. it's called the esquire yeah um it's about a, a reclusive cult leader from the 60s ah. who, who comes out of hiding now to yeah. uh to hire a struggling filmmaker played by me to make a documentary about his insane life and i kind of get sucked oh. into his weird world interesting wow aliens and trans-dimensional beings <laughs> and it's, it's really yeah. fun it's like a meta documentary yeah. so it's like the making of a documentary but it's a feature uh-huh. you know there are, um, a lot of, there are a lot of interesting writers who are connecting with uh theater groups like uh, the playground mm-hmm. and um um groups that are hooked up to um thinking of uh, piano fight mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. as a vehicle to get their works out there it yeah. sounds like you don't really need that um well, you found another avenue. Yeah, I like. did. I did, and and I kind of I kind of had to distance myself from theater to do that. I think if mm-hmm. I was still as heavily involved as I was in theater three years ago, there's no way I could have produced a feature film in this short that I just did. There's just no mm-hmm. way. Right. So yeah. again, it's like you. I had to literally step away and sure. do something different for a while, and yeah. now I kind of feel like my trajectory is going yeah. further towards yeah. film and writing. But the foundation started with theater. Oh God, absolutely. It's like yeah. you were saying, you know, improv, theater, stand-up. It's all it's all tools for your belt. And I tell right. my students that all the time. Like anything you do that's performance-based or writing-based, it's all tools for your storytelling belt. And right. ultimately, we're storytellers. Right. So yes. right. fill that belt up with as many tools as you can. Yeah. Yeah. And also helps with connecting because I'm sure you, yeah. you know when you write a film now you have to get the actors. Yep. Mm-hmm. So do you go back to let's say the theater community and say hey I'm working on something? You know. Well I'm lucky enough to be um, at an agency called JE Talent. No um, yeah. And th- it's mostly on camera people. So for the film stuff we've we've kind of dipped into that pool because it's it. a good connection and, and they've yeah. been nice enough to set up auditions for us mm-hmm. in their facilities, which oh, is great. great. Yeah. So yeah, I mean having a good agent is really good for on camera stuff. But I've definitely brought in theater friends in the Esquire, the feature film. We have a mm-hmm. couple of theater friends that make you know cameos in it which mm-hmm. is great um so yeah it's it's dipping into as many acting pools as you can yeah, yeah. fantastic sure we're getting close to the one hour mark you want to do shout want? outs uh yeah um as always i'll start with birthdays because it's always fun to mm-hmm. check in um there's uh laura Derry is an um, improviser and mm-hmm. um she works some with bats, works with a lot of uh, long-form stuff in the Bay Area, and cool. as well as a lot of training programs. I bet if I saw her picture, I would know who she was. Uh, she's an archer. Okay. So if you knew her, you would know her through that. She cool. does. Let me see if I can show you. Oh, this is her being proud of being an archer. Oh, nice. And she's always pigtail girl. That's she's great. She's often <laughs> the Got pigtail. a real Katniss Everdeen vibe. Yeah, so uh, oh. we, uh, we teach together, which is funny. We mm-hmm. do a, a teaching program. Uh, Steve Ortiz is somebody I went to college with, and he's still doing it. Um, uh, there's a new company. What are they called? San Francisco. 
uh, I, it may just be as simple as San Francisco Theater Company. Um, yeah, it's a new group um, that's yeah just off of the edge of Chinatown or on the edge of Chinatown, and cool. he's been working with them. Um, Alexandra Elsman, local actress. Kevin Hammond was my director in Hamlet. Um, and who? Uh, Sean O'Neill is. It's funny, white guy that I met when I was working with the African American mm-hmm. Shakespeare Company. Mm-hmm. He's gone on now to be a principal. He's a principal of a oh, high wow. school out near Sacramento. Oh, wow. Uh, Jessica Powell is a Bay Area actress. Yay, Jessica. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know Emily Kayishian. I hope I didn't miss that. <laughs> Kayishian. Mm-hmm. Um, she was my Ophelia. I played Apollonius in Hamlet mm-hmm. this fall. Nice. Brian Crackenbush was a local actor. now out in New York. Best name ever. Tessa Koenig Martinez is a local actress mm-hmm. and um, and teaching artist. Stephanie Taylor, actress. Timothy Meehan, actor. Darren Wilkerson, actor. And that's it for the week. Those are our happy birthday kids this All week. Right. So if they want to put the word out mm-hmm. on any shows that they're doing, we'd be happy to promote yeah. it. Cool. And the uh, friends I have, uh, two, uh, Nicole Prescott. Uh, she is a ex um, we went to school together at uh, Duke Ellington School of the Arts. Uh, she was a dancer and then became an actress. Uh, actually, uh, I believe she was in on The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air at nice. one point. Hmm. Uh, and so Nicole Prescott, her birthday is on uh, Tuesday. And um, Thursday, Raymond Ray. I don't know if uh, you guys Raymond know Ray, him. I don't know. But uh, he was a local actor. He's now teaching film, I believe, in Minnesota. Um, mm. We did um, The Marriage of Vet and Boo mm-hmm. and also Water Buffalo uh, mm. together. So, uh, Ray, uh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Ray. And um, how about shows? <coughs> uh, well, of course, your show. It's, um, my show is coming up. Uh, counting actors, though, I wanted to point to yes. because a um, couple of shows that have just gone by, um, Lifer, mm-hmm. uh, which is being done by the Lower Bottom Players, was. I think they just closed mm-hmm. or maybe they're closed. They extended, so mm-hmm. they might actually be this weekend. Um uh, but I want people to report to the Counting Actors Project. It's a wonderful project mm-hmm. that just sort of says what is the um, diversity that's happening in theater, and it's focused on gender. Mm-hmm. Um, so for January, I'll just mention the shows that were that have reported. Skelton Crew at Marin Theater Company, Born Yesterday at the SF Playhouse. Millie. Cow Pie Bingo, Alter Theater, Red Speedo, Center Rep, Beautiful Oops at the Bay Area Children's Theater. Um, Insignificance, Dragon Theater, Birthday Party, ACT, and Still at Risk. Uh, so these are shows that have already reported, mm-hmm. and it's a self-reporting thing, so you don't have to be involved with the production. If you just saw a show and you want to promote it, you can go to uh, – you can find it on Facebook, but um, it's also uh, Women's SF at WordPress um, where mm-hmm. this is – they keep all these statistics every yeah. month on what the breakdowns are, and the breakdowns – for women, or at least for the folks that reported, for the most part, women got some decent representation. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was wonderful. Um, I want to put a shout-out especially to for Ubuntu's uh, Streetcar Named Desire opens this weekend. Yep. That's in Oakland. So I had somebody bugging me about, what about Oakland shows? And I'm like, well, that's happening. So yeah, yeah, exactly support right. that. Yeah. And, yeah, a uh, couple of weeks, uh, Lucia Berlin, I'm word for word, the show that I'm doing is opening in San Francisco. Awesome. So mm-hmm. Have a great run. my shout-outs. And um, the Central Works Theater is doing Bamboozled right. by Patricia Milton, directed by Gary Graves, who was a guest on our show. Mm-hmm. Also, um, 
Janae Simon is uh, as an actress mm-hmm. there, and we I shared the stage with her yeah. for um, Civil War Christmas. She's yep. a fantastic actress. Yeah. Cool. So Bamboozled will be uh, February the 17th. Uh, that'll, that's when they open until March the 18th. Right. And uh, it appears that they deal, I see the Confederate flag and money, so I mm-hmm. think it deals with some controversial issues. Yeah, I forget. It's um, it's one of those wonderful, I think it's a black um, educator or something, mm-hmm. trying to do some history and finding out some stuff that doesn't fit with whatever their agenda is. Ah, yeah. So, Sounds awesome. Awesome. Yeah, yeah Central Works, they always produce yeah, wonderful, wonderful stuff. Yeah. And Patricia Milton has really been pumping it. She's on my Facebook She's mm-hmm. one of my Facebook friends, and she's pumping the show in some mm-hmm. wonderfully enticing ways, so it sounds good. Fantastic. Wiley, did you have a good time? Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. This is Anything awesome. else you want to promote? Uh, no, I mean, just go on Facebook and, and look up the Tolls. You can put the Tolls film or the Tolls movie. It should that's pop right. up. We'll, we'll uh, put yeah. a link in there. And, uh, yeah. And by the way, that's the Tolls, T-O-L-L-S. For some reason, I've been on a couple podcasts where they say, look up the Trolls. Uh, no, 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 not the Trolls. It's no, the, like the Trolls. trolls. It's like trolls. T-O-L-L-S. <laughs> yes, thank you, thank you. Like paying that toll. Right, yeah, exactly. exactly. And we're exactly. looking for, you know, any other things that you're, that you're involved in. Cool, Yay. thank you. Thank you, guys. All right. So, here is my blurb. You can find the Yay on the Apple Podcast app on all iPhones and iPads. You can also find the Yay on iTunes. Just click on iTunes, click on Store. You know, don't worry, you're not going to buy anything. Use the search engine on the upper left-hand side and search for the Yay. You'll find us. For Android users, download the SoundCloud app or just go on SoundCloud.com and search for the Yay. The Yay was created by theater people for theater people. If you have a show you want to advertise or you just want to advertise yourself, let us know. Hit us up on Facebook and we will take it from there. And we, we got to find, find a better sign-off. And we are. Out.